Welcome to this edition of Belt and Braces, presented by John Belt and Barney Braces. It's got to do with music. Belt and Braces. This is uh, Two Thieves and a Liar by uh, Gary Clell and the All New Sound System. Now, I'm, I'm, this, is, this is part of a, a program on my part of uh, reggae grenades that I'm going to lob you because based on your response to Chalice in a Palace, I, I just feel that, that it's, it's your right <laughs> to get into reggae. Um, and... On New Sound System is 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 a wonderful organisation that uh, existed uh, mostly in 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 the uh, late eighties nineties with with uh, Adrian Sherwood in production mode and a whole host of musicians, uh, both black and white, who just absolutely adored dub and uh, experimentation. Uh, using you know reggae formats and it came out of reggae it, it also came out of, of a lot of the things that were happening uh, in the mid 80s uh, with rhythmic experimentation production experimentation but it is reggae and um, I think at the core heart of reggae and the thing that Bob Marley perhaps isn't always appreciated for is is the fact that it's 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 about protest. You know, the root of reggae is protest. It's not just about dance hall and having a good time and sensimilia. It's also uh, a music form in which you say, oh, "I'm fed up of this," you know, and uh, and social commentary. And that, for me, is 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 one of the things that really draws me to all sorts of different forms of reggae. Is is that element of it? Um, so I'll be really interested to see what you think of this. I'm not going to give you any background at all to uh, Gary Clayle, um and all that's going on in this in this track and all the different people that are involved. But uh, let's see what you think. This one's And I can tell you, in all my life, I've never seen such dishonesty and greed. It's like a big betting shop, a bookies, a casino, where they're all screwing each other and the rest of the world. Up with the devil, the devil is here in the city. Thieves and a liar. That's a big thieves and a liar. That's a big thieves and a liar. 
So Two Thieves and a Liar by Gary Clale. I, for some reason, thought Gary Clale was like a sort of a cheeky, chappy British comedian or, or DJ or something. But obviously not. Maybe I'm thinking of somebody else. Uh, I, I like this one. Uh, I like the other one uh, that you played. 
it, there's no I don't have any aversion at all to reggae I just it's just like some like classical music it's just this huge thing you know where where do you start what do you do I mean with classical music, I, I'm not inclined, you know, to go for the Beethoven and stuff like that. I'm, I'm much more inclined to these sort of, you know, Central European people that were making music in the 1930s or something. But that's some, there's some kind of thing going on there. With reggae, it's the same. Look, I, I have no knowledge, but I have a, have a heart that's open to it. And uh, this, the sound of this one is something that I feel like I'm sort of... Uh, I've consumed it. I take it this is dub, yeah? Like, it's all kind of stripped down, and, you know, there's sort of the interesting effects on the vocals, and even use a bit of tape there of somebody talking. And it's kind of like, uh, there's quite minimal in, in lots of places. I mean, it's, it's obviously not like sort of pop reggae, Bob Marley with the, with the backing singers and, and the, the horn section or whatever, you know, and the two guitarists. So I am quite, quite. I wouldn't say familiar, but th this, this feels like I've been, I've been existing inside this kind of bubble of music uh, a fair bit over the years. I don't know. You wouldn't get it from the Trojan box, which I have, which has about like a million, million discs of all different kinds of reggae. Which I, I must have a listen to, to. I must delve in there again. But it does remind me a little bit of, of uh, like uh, Scientist or uh, meets. XYZ, or maybe even uh, maybe Lee Perry with with, with that. Uh, that no, no, I can't I can't speak authoritatively. I can't even speak authoritatively about what I know myself because the names are not quite right. I give it a thumbs up. I kind of like it. I like. Uh, I used to go for several years. Used to go to a pub on a Friday night called the Midland in Cambridge, and I used to dance. And they were just were playing. They were playing reggae that sounded like this. Okay, here's a song called Pantyhose and Roses by Echo Belly from the album On, which came out in 1995. Uh, the lead singer here is an Asian Briton called Sonia Maidan or Madan and uh, my my experience of uh, Britpop uh, was all squeezed through the sphincter of not living in Britain and not really reading any journalism and not having any internet or anything so I would simply go to the Virgin Megastore in Fukushima 25 minutes away from where I lived on a train and uh, just go to the listening station where there'd be about 30 albums, current, current albums, that you could listen to them. And you could fast forward and uh, like a little CD player and everything it was very, very handy. That's how I got into, you know, Blur and Oasis or I don't know how much I got into them, but I, I experienced them without all the hype. Um, and I, I, I see Echo Belly as being uh, an important part of Britpop. I don't know whether the righteous journalists of Britain would would necessarily agree. But then again, I did rather take to some marginal Britpop figures like Manson and Long Pigs uh, and probably a few others too. Um, I think I got into this band's first album 
1994 and thought it was quite good. Uh, but then I think I was kind of blown away by this album, which seemed to be absolutely full of potential hits. Um, post-punk, is, is that what it is? I, th- I think it's, it's, a bit like, it's a bit like Blondie, or it's a little bit... Uh, it's a bit influenced by the Smiths, I think, once again. I don't like the Smiths, but I like quite a few bands that are influenced by them. Um, this brings back memories. Uh, I don't think it's aged particularly well. I don't feel great compulsion to listen to the whole album. Uh, but I do occasionally have a little listen to a few tracks here and there, and it reminds me of living in, in Japan 25 years ago. She leaves her brains at the door, she drops her guts on the floor, she only listens after everyday noises. She very calmly ignores the little things she abhors. She made her mind up to be tidy.
Uh, Echo Belly and Pantyhose and Roses. Well, this is a thumbs down. It's a thumbs down because I haven't listened to it in the context of any moment in, in uh, uh, British musical history. So I didn't actually listen to it aware that it was Echo Belly. I don't know if that would have influenced my listening either. Um, I think it's rock. Um, and as such, the problem with, with rock is that it's very self-referential. And it takes a unique voice to make rock sound different. And this is not a unique voice. It's a nice voice. It's good rock. It'd be good to see live. Um, but it, it, it doesn't, doesn't do much more than that. It's, it's just another rock band. Um, and, you know, you have to ask, what is the function of rock? It, rock, is, rock is one of those strange musical forms that is quite dinosaur-like in a sense. Um, and people get very, very loyal to it because it kind of embodies an idea uh, of, of how to approach life and how to be in life. And, uh, you know, it, it, the, there's things you can get angry about and get passionate about. It's, it's an emotional form. It's also one in which you can be uh, rebellious with. Um, but uh, rock, is, rock is rock, you know. If it's, if it's working within that idiom, then, then it, it has to struggle to be original. It really does. If that's if that's what you're aiming for, if you're aiming for something that's above par, then uh, it's got it's got to be better than this, really. So this is a thumbs down. This is a group called Him, which is uh, H I and then large M. There is, I think, a metal group called Him as well, but. Uh, this is very different, as you can gather. Um, it's post-rock, um, reminiscent of other post-rock, but then that's why it's all labelled post-rock, isn't it? Uh, this is a track called What's Up Tonight from, I think, their fourth album called Peoples from about 2006. The the brains behind is uh, a, a guy called Doug Sharon, who's who's a drummer, although he's not he's not principally the drummer on this uh, he does a lot of other instrumentation it's very very interesting uh i find it quite uplifting um and it, it depends where you position yourself with post-rock as, as you and i well know with with uh, tortoise um it's it's the sort of music that creeps up from behind and, and grabs you and um it it sometimes straddles an area of, on this album, it's very clear, of, ex, of pure rhythmic experimentation and other times uh, sort of straight, almost Afro, Afro-Cuban and Afro-Funk inflected tunes. It's, it is what it is, and I think that's what I like about him, is that each album does tend to sound very different from the one before so they haven't like settled into a groove and then just stayed there um i i've got a feeling that this might be your bag i i just have that feeling so i'm really curious if you think a thumbs up or a thumbs down the vocals by the way are by the guitarist um a guy although it does sound like a woman
Okay, so that was uh, a track by him called What's Up Tonight, and I'm out here on the terrace on the side of my house. It's Sunday evening, and it's, it's very nice, and I have to say, and my son is just over there by the gate waiting for the pizza, his pizza to be delivered. Ah, uh, well, I did enjoy that, and... Uh, I do have a soft spot for post-rock, uh, but uh, quite a lot of post-rock that I kind of scoop up, you know, as I you know, when I run my chat box and, and the sh my sharing chat box and stuff like that. In the end, something that is wrong with it for me is that it's too pristine. And you know, sometimes that that's kind of that's kind of what you want. You want that kind of you know, very cool, calculated sort of, uh, uh, not too fussy kind of uh, uh, consistent kind of sound. But what I liked about this is that it really sounds. It actually sounds a little bit ramshackle. Um, you know, with the drums, kind of you know sort of very human very not not a drum machine and a kind of a chattering uh, sort of uh, little fills um, and it's quite it's got quite a lot of detail it's got it's got sections and it's got uh, it's got sort of quite sort of lo-fi kind of sound I wonder whether it was done on a four track but why would anybody use a four track anymore seeing as uh, you can record with a laptop and you, it can just be 16 or 24 track. Uh, there was an odd kind of tone to the bass. It sounded like it was uh, had some kind of sustain on it, but 
or the tone of it was it was like it almost felt like it was too bit too loud and too sort of foggy but in fact it became part of the charm of it uh so i did like that i did like that that's a thumbs up and it's also bookmarked for must watch out for anything or request in my chat box i might say uh, sorry i'm talking about illegal things here See if anybody can share any hymn with me. Here's a track called Deep Marsh by Five Style, uh, a band about which I know little to nothing, really. Uh, There was another album that came out, which I did pick up a few years later, and I never knew the names of these tracks because I never really looked at the, the CD cover when I was playing it. Uh, it's an instrumental album, and I don't know exactly how what kind of genre it is. It's sort of a bit funky. It's it's all about kind of chattering drums and sort of slightly slightly funky bass, maybe, and a kind of ragged but right, a kind of ramshackle dexterous guitar that's quite sort of quite exuberant and full of licks and riffs uh, but I don't know how to categorize it though what I do know is that I was in a Japanese record shop uh, sort of look uh, Japanese record shops were, were brilliant uh, back in the 90s you go back to Britain the only thing that was comparable to a, a Japanese record shop were some shops up in London that had lots of stock uh, even just a small little shop would seem to just have so much stuff and British stuff was really popular too although I digress because this is an American band uh, Pacific Northwest or something I'm, I'm not quite sure um, the story of this one though is that I was looking for CDs uh, browsing and stuff and the, the, per- the person behind the ca- cash register old style, 70s style uh, well that's not true either but anyway I'm digressing again was playing this album just just because because he wanted to or maybe he was getting given a backhander to play it uh, three times in the day because they'd sell a few and they did sell one to me because I heard it got three tracks into it and I just went up to him in my absolutely rudimentary Japanese and pointed to the speaker and said you know this this one just give me this one this CD this this music and um, I was absolutely delighted with it um, there you go. I've got a feeling it might just get under your skin, but at the same time, you might just find it a bit indulgent, self-indulgent. So thumbs up or thumbs down, John.
Well, Five Star and Deep Marsh, uh, quite involving, enjoyable. Um, I feel ultimately it's something that I would want to see live uh, um, as, as as a track on a record uh, or even an album of that. I uh, maybe I would play it in the car. I guess what I'm saying is that I, you know, I am aware that Five Star is yet another of the multiple projects that various members have taught us and and others of that scene uh have been involved in and um whereas you know something like seeing cake is is it's actually quite album orientated you know they collect material in order to release an album it's you know five star for me feels like um experiments in form which i think is basically what they're all about and what they're all interested in because if you if you listen through all the different projects they get involved in they are all experiments in form however uh you you recognize the musicianship you think oh yeah yeah that's jeff and uh, oh yeah this john you know so so they all bring their particular well i guess you could sort of say bias to it so mine my feeling about this is a, is, is a thumbs down uh, because i think i think i only want to give thumbs up to tracks that truly excite me um or or engage me or involve me and and, and this doesn't you know uh, worthy though it is, um, it's it's not something that um, I would listen to again, you know. Um, and uh, and there you go. That's it. That's the end of Belt and Braces. 